Thanks, Sarah. Um, and um, thank you all for joining us. So today's session on, on benchmarking, we're going to look at um, a, a number of different aspects to benchmarking. And I must admit, um, during my career, uh, if I look back sort of 10, 15 years, I guess my understanding of benchmarking was a lot more sort of fundamental than what I know about it now uh, in terms of what, um, what comprises it and how to sustain any changes that come from it. So look, just moving on, um, the session is, of course, around um, workplace health and safety benchmarking. We're going to run through a, a number of different sections um, to, for, for, for this particular session. We'll have a, a look at what the what and the who around benchmarking. We'll have a look at why um, organisations decide to benchmark, which is quite interesting. Uh, and then there's a little piece on, on, on how to benchmark as well in terms of um, you know, the general process. Um, KPIs, I think we've all, um, we all know a lot about KPIs and that's a very interesting aspect as well because often we, we rely on quantitative measures to benchmark against other organisations and, and not all KPIs were created equal. So we'll have a, a bit of a look at that and then we'll, we'll talk, uh, talk next steps. So that's the outline for, for the session uh, this morning. Um, first up, I think Sarah mentioned, I'd like to kick off with a poll if that's possible. Uh, just to gauge, um, um, you know, some uh, feedback on the following question, and that is, does your organisation report on health and safety external benchmarks to the board or senior management, yes or no? So if you can respond to that and um, let, let us know what, um, you know, what, uh, what happens in your organisation. Thank you, Adam. Just giving that a few more seconds. Um... It's always like watching a race. It is. <laughs> um, okay, I'll end that now and show those results. Okay, so a bit of a bit of a spread there. Uh, that's interesting. I might um might turn to Luke now. Luke, um, you know, you've got experience across multiple industries uh, in in leadership roles. What sort of benchmarking have you used previously within your career? Yeah, look, I think uh, it's, it's a good question. I think to your point before, Adam, um, been a bit ad hoc. So, you know, you look at all organisations and what they report. So, you know, a lot of boards in in my experience have asked for, you know, the historic TRIFA type numbers and, and benchmarking that because that's a fairly common uh, common measure across um, different different businesses and across the industry. However, as you said, they're not all created equal. So I don't think it's the best um, the best best measure um, because you know different organizations use different different definitions and different um, ways of collecting that data so but yeah primarily my my history is really based on um, benchmarking against you know annual reports and and, and numbers that um, that do uh, link organizations together um, but yeah really limited to that it's more recently that we've we've gone into the more the qualitative uh, type benchmarking activities so really to get the pulse of the organization and um, you know, I've done a number of culture surveys in the past and health and safety surveys in the past, uh, but never ones that really did great benchmarking. Um, so, you know, more recently, we, we use the health and safety index to help us with, with that process and in, in terms of really getting benchmarked uh, information on our on our qualitative side of things. Um, so, so yeah, so look, my experience is basically around that. But um, yeah, there's, there's pros and cons to, 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 to all of it, really. Yeah, definitely. And it's interesting that you you, you say that you, know, you sort of move from quantitative measures to qualitative sort of later in your career as you as you sort of discovered more. 
Right, that's that's great. Thanks, Luke. Look, I might just move on um, to the next um, next aspect of the presentation, and that is, um, um, you know, one of the factors of, of sort of who and what. And I guess there's a number of different dimensions to um, to benchmarking, and and some of these I think are going to be fairly obvious and um, self-explanatory. There's there's internal benchmarking, which um, you know seeks to compare. Uh, departments or areas with, within one's own organisation. I think many of us are probably, you know, been, been aware of that drives competition and uh, performance internally. There's industry benchmarking, um, uh, where a, a partner might not be a, a direct competitor, but share you know, a similar industry um, uh, aspects. Um, there are comparisons um, around competition. Uh, indeed, you, know, you might see that with uh, various uh, various products uh, across um across various industry sectors. And then there's generic uh, benchmarking, which seeks to compare you know, processes and practices, you know, regardless of the industry um, or the field of the partner. And the partner is a very interesting term, and we'll explore that um, a little bit later, because as you'll discover, and you may already you know, be aware of this, the, the, the partnering aspect of uh, benchmarking is a very, very important aspect in terms of driving, I guess, sustainable change uh, and, and even accountability within your own uh, your own benchmarking uh, activities. Uh, in terms of the, the the what with benchmarking, well, you know, again, some of this may be self-explanatory, and I've lifted some of this from um, a study from um, Boger and English, and, and that was uh, a '94 study, so it's a it's a little bit um, a little bit dated, but I think some of this still resonates or rings true. There's strategic you know benchmarking, which is around how companies compete together. We've got performance, um, which compares product or, or, or service performance, and that might be largely quantitative in terms of um, measures uh, or metrics, I should say. And then 4P, so around discrete processes, places, plant or people. These are very important considerations, as you'll discover, and as you, many, many of you may be aware who have undertaken benchmarking, you sort of need to know a, a little bit about um, you know, what you're going to be undertaking and what you want to measure before you embark on that um embark on that journey. And I might just pause here a minute as well and just I might just turn to, to Luke again. Luke, um, in your time, has there been any particular catalyst for benchmarking uh, that set you off on the journey? Oh, look, I think for, you know, if we talk historically, it's been sort of board, the board sort of wants to look at, you know, how do we compare to others? So what is, you know, what, what you know, where do we sit and, and, and where do we, where do we sort of play? So um, and if we start in my early days, it was very much around those um, qualitative numbers. You know, the, again, it was the TRIFA, you know, how do we compare against other organisations? I think as, as you know, safety has evolved um, over time, you know, we're starting to see a lot more of the quantitative data coming in and, and, and boards in particular are really wanting to see how, you know, how the culture compares. So how does a health and safety culture compare with other organisations? And um, And I think that's a really positive step forward. So... You know, a lot of the catalyst is, you know, some of the catalyst is from from boards, but um, more, I think more importantly, it's it's from the people within the organisation. So, um, you know, and and as a safety professional, you know, we want to know as well where where we sit within the organisation, and um, more importantly, is what can we do to improve. So, you know, are we able to identify any of those um, improvement opportunities to to make to make it a better place and make it a safer place? So, yeah, yep. Uh, thanks for that. Now, I might just turn to the the those on the call or the webinar. Actually, 
would you like if you'd like to drop some feelings in the the chat about you know what sort of catalyst has led you to um, embark on a benchmarking journey? It'd be interesting to to have a look at some of those responses. Um, I found this definition and look at while it's a little bit wordy, it, it, I think there's a bit in it uh, and I, I found it quite, kind of worthwhile and it did resonate with me a little bit. So you know, bear with me, please, as, 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 I, as I sort of read the essence of this out. I've lifted it from um, 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 the reference you can see uh, below. But I think um, Luke touched on something really, really important. And um, I think around benchmarking, the catalyst a lot of the time is wanting to be better, uh, not resting on your laurels and having a bit of that chronic unease. And, and benchmarking does help create a learning organisation. Um, I think you've got, you've got to be open to constructive, uh, constructive feedback as well. Um, and it involves a group of dedicated individuals who are pursuing excellence, growth and knowledge. Um, th this definition goes on to, to describe experts um, that can quickly learn and master the environment and how it will be a competitive advantage, I think, into the 21st century. The, the, the second paragraph there, I think, has got something in it which I, I think is really, really important with any change to do with workplace health and safety, um, be it um, through benchmarking or, or other, other, other sort of means. But objective information can help trigger a transformation to continual improvement philosophy. But the, bit, the next piece is a bit that gets me, and that's around the continue, continually reapplying and reinforcing it, because I think we're, we've all been in organisations before where there's a, a rush to change and there's a, you know, there's a new flavour of the month or the week, if you like, um, and then it dies a death because the organisation hasn't configured itself to maximise on that, um, that change and reinforce it in a way that it operates. So benchmarking indeed does set a framework for excellence, but um, ultimately the benefit of that really applies on the um, or depends on the actions that are that are uh, resulting from that once the results um, once the results uh, come in. And I'll just uh, just pop up to the chat. So I know that we've just got, I've got a couple of people here. Um, one of the comments here, um, you know, board asking for benchmarking so they can understand how our organisation compares with others in our industry. I think it's a really, really healthy question to ask and really, you know, very encouraging if you're having boards asking that questions because that those questions, because it means they're, you know, they're sort of open to change and able to sort of agitate for change in an organisation. We have someone else, uh, Courtney Smith. Um, good to know how others are doing so you can better understand how to improve, especially if you're stuck. That's another great comment as well. I think, um, you know, uh, often, um, you know, we, we work in organisations and, um, you know, we're stuck in a little bit of a rut and you want to understand what you need to do to to um, overcome that rut, to to improve. And it's, I think also it sometimes serves to validate what you're doing to see if you're actually on the right track with things as well. So, you know, a couple of great comments there. Thank you very much for that. Um, just moving on to, um, on from that definition of... Um, I'm one who uh, likes models uh, to an extent, um, so just just bear with me on this for for a moment. But I I do uh, like Cotter's eight steps to change, and, and many of you again will have seen something or used something very similar uh, to this in in your careers, I'm sure. But the bit that I like about it, and I'm a, a bit of a sort of a systematic person, is uh, you know I think it's very logical the progression to you know creating a sense of urgency to embedding change. But this model got me thinking a little bit about benchmarking and, and why we benchmark. And I think Luke talked before about um, um, you know, 
uh, change and, um, and and so on. Um, and I think um, whenever you want to have a, have a change, you need to create that climate for change. And a good way to create that climate for change is to benchmark because it gives you an objective um, view on, on what's happening elsewhere. Um, so that, that if you're presenting information to the board around benchmarking, obviously it needs to stand up to scrutiny um, and, and there needs to be objectivity in it. But once you do it, you, you, you start to set um, the wheels in motion in terms of um, you know, why aren't we doing this and what do we need to do better to, um, you know, to, to, to close this gap on our, our competitors or around this process or metric. So I think benchmarking can be a very important tool to frame uh, a conversation with boards or management around the need for change. Um, uh, often internal data is, is good and important as well. But I think it's very, very powerful uh, having a look at um, what other organisations are doing. And in my experience, I think um, you know, boards do like to see um, you know, that, um, that benchmarking across other, other organisations to, to, um, to give them a sense of where the organisation sits that they, they, they direct. Um, Luke, just uh, <clears throat> we've heard a little bit about you in terms of um, you know, your, your history with benchmarking and the like. Um, has benchmarking in your career been used for change in any particular way? Is there any examples you might be able to give us? Yeah, probably probably more recently than anything else. Um, you know, I think um, you know with the introduction of psychosocial risk in the WHS legislation, um, you know, there's I guess it's quite in its in, it's in its infancy. Um, and again, we used the health and safety index to to really inform us around what are the key risk areas uh, from a psychosocial risk area that we should be focusing on um, and also benchmarking that. Now, you know, if I, if I throw out, our, our number did come below the benchmark. Um, so that's a really good point of discussion with our board and the executive leadership team around, you know, creating that sort of um, case for change and case to, to move things forward. So, you know, I'll, I'll pick on one little example, which is um, work demand and, and some of the outcomes that we, that, we, that we got from that. So as a direct result of that benchmarking activity. So, you know, we had some fairly low scores in, in work demand um, and job, job, demand, job demand, sorry, workload um, as a result. And even through, and I think another, another real rich piece of information is the verbatim that people um, provide in, in those surveys. But um, comparing that from a benchmarking perspective is, is a, bit, a bit difficult, but the questions themselves um, does provide that insight. Having that in the back pocket with an executive or a board um, and that data to actually show, you know what, here's, here's where we are, here's where, you know, the rest of the industry is, you know, we've got, we've got a gap to close here, um, is really powerful. And what we did as a result, you know, on this work demand piece is just within our health and safety strategy, um, we actually paused items. So as part of that, you know, the, it was a far cry from our business saying, you know, there's too much going on. Uh, we need to slow down a few things. Um, and, you know, presented that to the executive leadership team we got endorsement there and then further on we went to the board and got endorsement to actually you know rejig some of our strategies so that there wasn't that burden and that workload um pressure on the business so so there's a there's a really you know very recent example of how we've used benchmarking to effectively um address one of our psychosocial risks and actually you know make that change so still a lot more to work to do to do but um but you know that's just one little example Oh, that's a really good example. It sounds like you're able to achieve quite a bit on the back of that um, that benchmarking. But um, 
I mean, it's, it leads into another area as well. And I think that's um, before you embark on benchmarking, it's really important to um, to know where you want to play, just to use a colloquialism, because um, benchmarking can be very, very wide, extremely wide, and it can, it can get lost in it. There's that many things that you can benchmark against. So from a, a board perspective or a senior management perspective, um, Luke, was there ever, dis ever a discussion in terms of you know, where and what you'd like to benchmark against. We talked about psychosocial. I suppose that's a, a risk area that was um, pertinent at the time. Um, any other insights? Yeah, so I mean, it came, you know, and, and I'm very lucky that, you know, APA, we've got a very progressive board. Um, so, you know, we've there's a lot of conversation. We've got a, a safety and sustainability committee or subcommittee to the board. So, um you know, the, the big driver from them was they wanted to understand where we sat, you know, what was our maturity from a cultural perspective. So a lot of it was around the culture um, for HSE health and safety across across the business. So that was that was one of their key their key insights. Um, you know, in the background, we had the, the psychosocial risk uh, piece, you know, gaining momentum as well. So, you know, as part of that, um, through that engagement, you know, we looked at a number of a number of options. Um, you know, in terms of you, you asked the question, you know, where do we want to play? Well, we want to be, you know, our, our strategy and vision was to be world class. So we've got a long way to go. So we, what we need to do is understand, well, where do we sit now? And the only way to really do that is to, to look at it from a benchmarking perspective. So and where do we compare to other organisations? Um, and I think the culture aspect, particularly from the board, is something that they were really keen and interested in. And I know there's a number of different models out there. Um, we, we looked at a number, um, you know, we went the, with the health and safety index with just because of the flexibility and, and, and what that provided for us. Um, and that's given, given me and given us, um, you know, a bit of a platform to go, right, well, here's where we are and here's where we want to be. So what are the, um, what are the improvement activities we need to address? And to your point before, it, it did validate a lot of the work that we were already doing. Um, so a lot validated a lot of the initiatives that we had in in place and, and and we had approved for our strategy. However, it did identify some real good key learnings and opportunities for improvement. So, um, you know, I think it, it it had the desired effect. But yeah, I think it it is very important that the board is on board and 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 the executive team is on board. You know, I've I've been you know in previous organisations where the focus is you know again probably in the wrong areas and they do probably look focus too much on that um, quantitative approach and, you know, where do we sit? But I think, you know, having a board that's really focused on, you know, they want that qualitative data and they want to, you know, test themselves against, you know, the best organisations out there as well to see where they're at, I think is 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 really, you know, really um, positive. Yeah, look, I, I don't think you can sort of overstate the importance of, um, um, and I, I use the phrase again, determining where you want to play, the reason for that is, I mean, organisations are, are all time poor and resource constrained to very various extents. So you don't want to be benchmarking in the wrong areas or against the wrong organisations. And and Luke raises a very important point there. If you want to be world class in what you're doing, you know, that's going to take some time. But you want to benchmark against the right organisations. You don't want to benchmark against organisations or, or industries, perhaps, that aren't um, quite as progressive. Otherwise, you'll be wasting your effort. So that's a very important conversation to, to to have with senior management or the or the board. Um, but it's also a bit of an educational piece as well, because if you do have um, an organisation that's sometimes stuck on you know, lagging indicators that are, are quantitative, 
and suddenly they realised that um, you know, to, to shift the dial, there's a whole new world out there in terms of um, surveys and um, different means by which to benchmark. It can be quite empowering, I think, in terms of where the organisation goes and shifting that conversation away from, um, you know, we, we might have a might have a triffer of one, but we, we still manage to kill somebody every three years, those sort of conversations. So very, very powerful. Just moving on um, from there in terms of that, the how. Um, and this is, look, this is a bit of a simplistic model, but, um, uh, and I think we've touched on a, a couple of points here, which are very important, which help define the approach. And that's the, you know, where do you want to play? Um, the other one is how do you access reliable data? Um, you know, there's a degree of objectivity that's needed um, um, to base decision-making on. So that's a very important consideration. Um, and also how to access partners. And, and this also ties into, you know, where you want to play and where you want to be as an organisation. You, you certainly don't benchmark for the fun of it. Yeah, I think we've broadly spoken about, um, you know, it's, it's very useful in terms of validating direction and uh, initiatives, but also understanding um, objectively where you might sit relative to, to peers and different, um, to different cohorts. Um, I'm interested, um, and I might just throw to the, the group chat if I can, um, for some feedback from the participants on the group. But if you've benchmarked before, what particular area have you benchmarked? Has it been a process? Has it been a, um, a metric as such? Um, I'm just interested in some, some insights from, um, from the group, if that's possible. I might, um, if, you, if you don't mind having a look at that, I'll come back to that um, uh, once we get some, uh, some, some feedback there. So defining the approach, I think the next, uh, next piece is um, deployment. And you start to you start to get a sense that this is um, if you're going to do it in a very structured fashion, um, you know, because it's going to senior management or the board, you do need to you do need to be systematic about it. Um, the way you collect um, data uh, is, is important. Is it is it opinion based or is it um, factual in terms of um, objective data? The way you're going to analyze the data, um, establish goals, you know, actions that arise from the comparisons that you may draw between organizations and that then starts to get into you know the important piece around um you know, ownership and implementation which does sort of talk to um you know uh, accountability and a little bit of change management as well ultimately if you're going to shift the dial it might might need um the organization to be configured a little bit differently or it might um might be a lot simpler than that so there's a yeah there's a thought process that one needs to go through with um the the deployment phase um, reviewing um, ties into to learning, um, sharing, of course, as well um, uh, across um, partner, partners or focus groups. Uh, and it's interesting because the, the partnership between one organisation and another can be mutually beneficial. Um, there might be some aspects, and this is, I think this is the importance of um, you know, picking the right partner to benchmark against. Uh, there might be something you can glean out of the relationship with your um, your, your organisation. And likewise, there's a learning opportunity with another um, organisation within or outside the, the industry. And I think um, you miss a trick really with anything um, in, um, in, in, in workplace health and safety if you're not setting out objectives and, and checking how you're tracking against those objectives. Ultimately, um, we just recently talked about where, where you play. Um, and if it is that your organisation says, look, in five years' time, we want to be world-class in this particular aspect, well, I think you've got um, part of your answer there in terms of what your objectives are, and they can be incremental uh, each year. 
Following the review piece, there's the improvement piece, and um, you know, all of this is for for zero unless there's some um, some improvement that comes out the back end of it. So uh, fairly obvious, I suppose. But you want to be able to um, measure that that um, that improvement uh, has happened. And I'd just like to call out as well that um, uh, on the back of this session as well, FIFO, um, you know, the the organisation for which I work for. Uh, it's very, you know, very would be very happy to facilitate some groups for those who are interested in benchmarking, uh, and we we do have a poll and a, a quiz uh, coming up shortly if you are interested in that. And the, the areas that we can help in uh, assisting with the approach um, and um, and partnering uh, different organisations together, but also the review aspects uh, there as well in terms of learning and review, uh, we can certainly play a role there in, in helping support that. Um, that conversation, the deployment and the improvement, if you like, arguably the heavy lifting, they, they sit internally within your own organisations because you'll have people and um, and uh, you know, organisational aspects that need to um, need to be um, improved there. Just moving on, for, uh, no, just one one uh, in in the chat here, uh, Catherine. Yeah, you know, thanks for responding there. Our organisation is looking at quantitative benchmarking, so accident injury rates and. Um, I don't think there's one particular measure that um, gives the whole picture and certainly injury rates or accident rates, you know, provide a level of insight. So, yeah, that's interesting. Thanks. Thank you for that, Catherine. Just moving on um, from uh, from that now, I wanted to touch on what makes a, a good KPI. And um, uh, I used the phrase earlier, not all metrics were created equal. And, and some of you may have seen um, a, a diagram similar to this, um, which um, I think there's been quite a bit of work done um, by the um, might be the University of Colorado or the Construction Safety Research Alliance in particular, Professor Matt Hallowell. But it resonates with me, and I know it resonates with a lot of other uh, of my peers within industry as well. And there's various aspects that make a good KPI, not one. Uh, and they talk about gap balanced KPIs. And as you can see up the top there, there's um, an element around ev being evidence-based, predictive, valid, reliable, and then opinion-based, important, functional, uh, and clear. Um, and just expanding on that um, a little bit further, predictive um, is an interesting measure, and not all measures are predictive, are they? I think uh, accident or injury rates are, are certainly valid and, um, and um, objective because there's been something you can measure, but they might not always provide the best insight. They certainly do you know, provide a purpose. Um, but there are some measures that are predictive and validity. Um, is, is it statistically meaningful? I think that's a very important aspect of, um, of what you do in terms of benchmarking. Reliability uh, as well. So, um, you know, there's various aspects. And I think we all know statistics is a science, on, you know, on its own. Um, are the results um, or is the, the content repeatable? Um, is it statistically reliable, such as um, Luke mentioned earlier, the health and safety index, which I'll I'll speak to shortly. Um, is it important? Does it reflect the outcome? Is it functional? Uh, can it be used to inform operational or strategic risk? Um, excuse me, just got something popped up there. Um, and is it understood? Is it clear? Is it um, easily communicated uh, and, and the like? I think that's important as well. It looks and, and so, something that um, we use as an organisation, and there's different techniques and, and um, yeah. Uh, methods and models out there, but we use um, what we call the health and safety index. Um, uh, to us, 
statistical reliability is very, very important. Um, and I think um, Luke touched on something very, very important before as well. And, and while an index or a cultural survey certainly gives a, a result at the other end, the actual act of engaging with the workforce on the state of the nation, if you like, can't be underplayed. Um, and to, you need to really maximise on, on that um, in terms of providing feedback. But I think some of the gold that comes out of an index or a cultural survey uh, sometimes are the free text responses and the insights that you can have in your back pocket. So if you are challenged on a particular aspect of um, benchmarking, you can you can provide some context or colour to that. Focus areas are important, and this ties into you know, where do we play? You want a return on investment. You're not sort of doing this for the fun of it. There needs to be an organisational improvement that comes out the other end. So I guess you start to see that you build the picture here that you do need a, an element of, of, of top-down sponsorship or engagement, if you like. Um, you are talking about um, buying from um, the senior management in terms of where you might want to benchmark, because ultimately they're going to to ask the question in terms of how you went, um, how are we tracking against that um, that benchmarking exercise and what's it driving, because they've got an obligation, obviously, to report back to their stakeholders. Measuring what matters, not all metrics were created equal. Um, there's, uh, you know, there's many that are, 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 um, are balanced. Um, and um, wouldn't mind just throwing to the group, has anybody got uh, any benchmarking metrics or metrics that they feel, uh, are, you know, are, are quite balanced in terms of what they um, what they, what they they cover? They're, they're clear, they're objective, they're statistically reliable, um, um, insightful. Any, any thoughts on, any thoughts on that? Um, maybe maybe there's none, none, maybe there's some, but look, I think in, in, in safety, uh, as you well know, I think it's very easy and many of us are conditioned to find conditions that need improvement. Um, we're not conditioned as well to celebrate success and reinforce the good thing that, that happened. And, and I think it's no different to benchmarking or, or taking a survey where we, where we do identify opportunities and um, outcomes are, are, are um, you know, are evident. We need to reinforce the you know, the, the good that happens. Um, um, so, look, on that note, I, I wouldn't mind um, running the next poll, and that that is uh, in your organisation. I think we've heard from people that roughly a bit over half of uh, benchmarked before. Would you be interested in participating in facilitated benchmarking focus group calls with like-minded organisations or partners? Um, so this is the opportunity to, to pair with... Um, you know, another organisation who might meet your strategic needs in terms of where you'd like to head as an organisation because um, it's something that we'll be able to help in terms of facilitation. So I'll just let people respond to that, um, that, that um, piece. And um, and further to that, Sarah's just posted a, a link in the chat as well. So if you are interested, and hopefully some of you are, because I think it's very beneficial um, you can log your details there and um, be in touch with you after the call to help facilitate that process. Okay, thank you, Adam. Um, I'm just going to just, no, I'm not going to end it yet because people are still responding. Um, okay. Um, there is a bit of interest, yeah, in having that poll. So, yes, I have put the form up in the chat as well. And... Um, if you do want to join that, that sounds very interesting. 
Yeah, ab absolutely. I think it's always good to have uh, a bit of a helping hand. And I, it's something that um, uh, it might be interesting to, to visit um, again later in the year, Sarah, just to see how people are progressing with that, because um, I think we all we all sort of interested in sustainable outcomes and we wanted to, to drive improvement for, for like-minded organisations. Um, uh, Luke, I might just turn to you again just for a, 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 another question, and that is... Um, Look, industry-wide wise, you, you benchmark before that's that's obvious. Is APA itself involved in any sort of peer or industry benchmarking? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I'll again, I'll use an example. We're actually part of uh, the National Road Safety Partnership Program, so it's run by Monash uh, University. Um, it's a utilities forum, so you know, likes of Telstra, Optus, um, you know, Origin. There's a number of organisations that are part that that do do form part of that group. Um, yeah, the group initially um, was set up to, you know, discuss improvements, particularly around driving. Driving is um, one of our biggest risks. Um, we do over 16, 16 million kilometres a year uh, on the road with our people. So one of our one of our key risks. So that we have just started a piece of work to um, sort of determine what we want to benchmark as a group. Um, and we're actually having more organisations join that um, as we speak. So, um, look, I think it's a really good um, example of the industry getting together, um, working on a common a common area, a common risk area in terms of driving. And, and what we want to do is actually set some key, um, even um, uh, actual numbers. So what are those metrics that we actually want to um, measure against and, and use as our sort of key performance indicators? Uh, the benefit of that will be that we're all going to set those key performance indicators together. So it's not going to be, uh, you know, comparing through board reports or whatnot. We're actually going to be collecting that data centrally through um, the Monash University and, and be able to report on it. So uh, from a statistically relevant perspective, it's going to be quite, um, quite clear around what, the definitions are, what the metrics are, and and, and how we all uh, apply those. So we're going to get that consistency in definition, consistency in data capture as well. So um, look, that's that's probably a really recent example, and we're still going through that process uh, at the moment um, to establish that um, and data and data capture. So um, yeah, look, we are. I, I would love, and if there's anyone on the call, reach out after. I think there's a there's a big gap in the safety industry. Um, for those who haven't read the um, the Brady report that came out from the Queensland um, uh, Queensland fatalities, you know, it really did identify that there is a there is a gap, particularly around the you know the the, the serious uh, serious injury fatality risk metric that you know you don't see in board reports. Um, I think some organisations do report it, but there's no consistency around that. So. I think that's an area that, you know, we can start sort of moving away. You know, I'm not suggesting we throw Tripper away, but, you know, we start moving away from those sort of low consequence, you know, high frequency events to the potential, the high potential events, um, those types of things. And it would be great to, you know, to sort of leverage that and move down the benchmarking space there. But, um, yeah, no, look, I think there's 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 certainly appetite, you know, within, within I know there's appetite within the safety um, community and, um, within within businesses as well. So, um, yeah, look, I think there's there's plenty of work to do. Yeah, thanks, Luke. And I, I know back in throughout my career, I think in the early days, I used whatever I could find, you know, whatever was discoverable. Um, and often it was annual reports and 
and often it was TRIFA that um, was benchmark, you know, benchmarkable or or critical risk or cardinal rules it might have been just in terms of themes or where risk issues were. But I think um, yeah, things have moved on um, since since then, and it's a co combination of um, qualitative and quantitative measures I think that um, are on offer for us, and it partly depends on where you want to play. Um, I just just like to recap a couple of things and, and then cl close out the conversation and, um, and and such. So, so look, today the objective was just to to give you a bit of an overview in terms of um, uh, how to benchmark and what's what it comprises. Um, we've looked at the the who and the what. Um, we've looked at the why. Um, you know, there's different reasons why people might want to benchmark. Um, We've had a, a look at also at um, uh, a model in terms of the how. Um, so there's you know a sequence sequence of things that need to need to happen, and ultimately you're you're dealing with people here. It's not just um, 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 you know uh, numbers and figures and surveys. There's people and there's buy-in needed to secure secure change. So I think sometimes a change framework is very uh, a good framework to use in terms of affecting that change. Um, and we've also looked at statistics uh, or talked a little bit about reliability as well. Um, and as Luke suggested there, you know, high potential incidents is certainly something there's a lot of interest in in, in terms of um, you know, a potential benchmarking metric. Look, in terms of um, in terms of next steps um, um, for, for yourselves, uh, whether or not you decide to you'd like to participate in some facilitated sessions. Do you have a need to change? Um, I guess it's the first question to ask yourself and your, your managers. Um, and that can be framed in different ways. I think we heard from somebody through the chat that um, things were sort of steady state. Um, and um, I guess that's never a good thing in safety is that you want that sort of chronic unease. You want people to be a bit uneasy about what's happening and always looking for the next thing they can do to, to drive improvement and uh, change. I think the next question is is the what. So do you have the most relevant benchmarking? Um, and that sort of follows on from the question of where you want to play, um, because that's partly going to dictate who and how you partner with people and, and what you actually observe, which leads on to the partnering piece there, a reliable benchmarking partner and reliable data, which is um, you know, something that FIFO is very happy to be um, uh, involved in, just from a facilitation perspective. I think it'd be really beneficial to be involved in that for everybody. And then finally, you know, how, how, how is this going to um, work in terms of approach, deployment? Uh, how are you going to review that it's effective? And what are the improvements that come out the other end? Because somebody's going to be asking the question, we've, we've, you know, we've been through this exercise, we've benchmarked with people, you've told us that we need to focus on these areas. We're expecting a material change in some of our, um, our performance that we report. So that's, um, it's very important to be mindful of that and um, have an eye on the prize with that particular aspect as well. Look, from my my perspective, I don't think I don't have anything further to add um, to the session. Um, Sarah, I might hand back over to you if that's okay. Thank you, Adam. I have asked people to drop questions in the Q and A. I don't think there are any at this stage, um, but uh, the feedback is really good. So um, yeah, well, um, we'll leave that there. We'll send out recording later today. I think it was very re really relevant. Um, um, Jenny said, yep, interesting presentation. So um, we've got the link, the forms in there um, if anyone wants to, interested in joining that focus group. And Adam, of course, if that all goes ahead, we have to have a webinar panelist type thing about, you know, 
the result of all of that. So um, thank you, Luke, as well. So um, yeah, have a good rest of your week, everyone, and stay tuned for the links later on in your email. Okay. Thank you. Thanks, everyone. Thank you all. Bye.